a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. We're excited about this next episode of The Wellness Collective with Shanna Kennedy, who is a life coach. We talk about why having a 20-year plan is so important and listening to your older self speak allows you to start to create your plan. We talk about how to work out your code of conduct for life, why we need goals, hopes and dreams, what burnout is, why we need structure and how, of course, to best create your life plan. We hope you enjoy this next episode of The Wellness Collective. Hi, Nat. Cecilia, here we are again. <laughs> you put your happy face on today. Something different. Yes, I put my happy face on. Yes. In fact, I put makeup on. And do you know what? I've become really bad at doing makeup because I just don't do it very much. Uh. <laughs> Looks a little bit like a kindergarten child has gotten to no, my face. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and then my husband said, are you going on a date today? <laughs> Gosh, I really have been letting myself go, haven't I? <laughs> anyway, well, no, life goals. No, no, totally. But it is important, I think, to make effort, look after ourselves. Well, as long as it makes you feel good. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Totally. Even yeah. a bit of a hair wash every now and again doesn't go astray. <laughs> I know. Don't you love it when you go out somewhere and someone goes, oh, you look nice? And you go, yeah, I just washed my hair. I know. That, that <laughs> happens all the time. Oh, wow. You've had your hair. Like, your hair looks good. I'm like, you washed it? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> life goals. Anyway. anyway, today we are actually talking to someone who can help us with life goals, mm-hmm. which is great because... This year has probably thrown a lot of the plans that many of us had out the window and we've had to adapt and, you know, go without a plan and we've survived thus far, so mm-hmm. well, most of us anyway. <laughs> uh, so please introduce yourself, mystery guest, and help us through this uh, maze that we're about to enter. Thanks for having me, girls. I'm Shanna Kennedy. So it's been an incredible year with learning to readjust the way that we plan, you know, our traditional planning where we had that certainty where we thought, yeah, we know what the year's going to be like sort of and we can book our holidays and plan some big goals and set some some wonderful things for ourselves up to do. And we've had to really learn to adjust and do it week by week you know, and really just compress the whole thing down to just weekly. Um, and now that we're opening up again, we can sort of maybe do, you know, month month by month. <laughs> but traditionally, I do 20-year plans with my clients, wow, with myself. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. 20 years? 20-year plans. I love well, it. Well, nothing like having to adjust when you're used to helping people work out their 20-year plan, but I guess you can still look at what your 20-year plan mm-hmm. might look like because is it, you know, the age-old saying of always having something to look forward to or something that's in the future to work towards is important. Yes, yes. I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey and, you know, I, I don't know if you... Oh, ever, who isn't? I mean, really. Oh. Oscar speech, he said, <laughs> you know, my role model is my 10-year older self, that you're always trying to be a better version of yourself. And when you think about yourself in 10 years' time and you put an age to that, so how old you'll be in 10 years' time, um, it's then it's like, what what is, for me, I'm 50, so what is my 60-year-old self telling me to do now? And For everybody listening, if you can just slow down a minute, look in the mirror and hear your older self speak, there is so much wisdom in there. There is so much to listen to, um, but a lot of people just 
don't do it. But when you do and you look at your children's ages all the way through and, you know, you've got this much many years in primary school and then secondary school and then you're sort of free, you've got these incredible chunks of time to work with about who do I want to be, how do I want my business to evolve, to fit in with being a mum, all of those kind of things. It actually is really liberating mm. because then you sort of know what road you're on, what path you want to set for yourself. You've got your incredible set of values to work towards. That's your that's your boss that you work for, your own values. And um, I think it makes you feel really confident in yourself when you've done a plan like that. I love that because actually I work week to week and so I haven't really had to adapt very much at all because I never know what my work week's going to look like and the universe takes care of me and I can pay the bills and, well, that's great. But I've always been a planner long-term and even to the point where my friends have laughed at me. Like I had... Go on, what's on your long-term Well, when I was about 17, I wrote a list of places I wanted to work, places I wanted to go, and I found that not long ago and I had done, I'm going to say, I think it was about 15 things in there, I'd done 13 of them. Yeah, right. I'd worked in these places and it, and even though I hadn't checked back in on that, I'd, I guess it's yes, like manifesting thing or whatever. Yes. But even I decided I wanted to have a baby at 32. I just decided that was a good age, somewhere <laughs> along the line in my 20s. So I was like, 20s, nah, not going to do it. But 32, I was pregnant at 32 there for the first go. time. There you go. Yep, I had my son at 33. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But isn't that funny? Because my friends all laughed at me and I was like, no, I like I didn't, I wasn't sticking to that plan like, it's no. got to be this and it can't well, you, be anything else. You let else. it go and you just entered, inserted it into your subconscious and you let it go and look at what happened. Because what, what happens is you've planted a seed. So when you write those lists down or you do a vision board, for example, you plant seeds in your subconscious. So what happens is your conscious then goes and gathers things to feed the seeds and it it looks for different things. You know, if I say we're driving from Melbourne to Sydney to Brisbane to Darwin to Perth and we're ending up in the Maldives, your brain just went on this beautiful trip. Yeah, it did. It was nice. I enjoyed the Maldives. I just was trying to work out how yeah. we got to the Maldives in the car. <laughs> yeah. So, so at, the, at the end of the day, your brain just opened up really, really big so that when you see that there's a concert in Perth, oh, I had Perth on my list, I can put that down on my Perth list and then there was something in Darwin. And so all of a sudden you become a bigger, more open person for doing the list or the plan or the vision board or those kind of things, it is phenomenal. I've been a coach for 20 years, 20 years of doing people's plans and 95% of it comes true because they've planted all of this stuff in the subconscious and they'll say, they'll ring and they'll say, you'll never guess what happened. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I've got my vision board here. I've got free vision board kits on my website for people to do, to download, to print. When we see words, we know what's in the brain and we know what we want then. And then little things happen all the time and we go and collect them Mm. and we have a great journey. We have a really good journey. As long as you know your values, your values are the most important. And how would someone work out what their values would be? Because I think it's fine for us to go, well, know what your values are. I have done several exercises (laughs) where I've listed, you know, top 10 values and I definitely get mentees to do the same thing. But how, what's the best way of working out what they actually are? Well, I suggest that you do the top three. Okay, so you just got three words. They're your code of conduct for life. 
So mine is health because I've lost my health. I've got chronic fatigue and I've had to live with that for 20 years. So mental, physical, emotional and spiritual health is the boss. That's who I work for. Um, the second one for me is family happiness, and that doesn't mean is my family happy because I've got a couple of teenagers and you just <laughs> you can't control that. It just doesn't ha- so work on a daily basis. So what it means is am I showing up being the best version of myself as a, as a wife, as a mum, as a friend, as a coach? That's my job is to show up being the best version of myself. And the third one for me is achievement. I'm an achievement junkie. So mm. I have to set up my to-do list with a sense of achievement and my normal way is to burn myself out. I'm really good at that. So over the 20 years I've had to learn that on the to-do list has to be the self-care. You have to do the meditation, the gratitude, the walk, the stretching, the yoga, all of those things because if I don't do that, I won't have longevity in my career. Mm. So I actually go to work for my values and all of the things that we um, do each day and the opportunities that cross our path either going to take you off track or keep you on track. And, you know, we're doing the trip around Australia and ending up in the Maldives. If someone says, well, what about Adelaide? You go, no, no, no. No. <laughs> because, you've all, you, you know, you've, you've really thought it through about what you want in your life and those things where, you know, I've had to say a lot of no to, to national tours and things like that with corporates because it would just tip over my health or tip over the family. So your values help you make great decisions. Mm. If you only have three, it's easy. Well, I think you know? that's the thing, isn't it? If you make things overwhelming for yourself, then then it's just too hard to do anything, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And the other thing is you want to have them where you can see them every day. Yeah. So mine are here, right here on a sticky note, right here on the computer. They're on my mirror on the um, in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I cannot forget them. So everything am I doing every day on that list is it helping my values or is it taking me away? Yeah. And life is so simple and powerful and confident when you can operate in that system. I have this thing, ongoing thing with my husband because I'm the dreamer in the pair. He's the doer. And sometimes he gets a bit like flustered by my dreaming. But I say to him, but if you don't dream it, you'll never do it. So most of what I dream will probably stay a dream. That's fine. But if you don't have that little inspiration, like you say, that you do the roadmap where you go, all right, we're going to Sydney, Brisbane and the Maldives, if you've never thought of that, then you would never, never, ever do it. Right. Yes. Mm. How do you get people to open up to that idea that it is okay to, to dream of things, even if they don't come to fruition? Well, we all need hopes, dreams and goals. That's the human, the brain is like a computer. It needs a program. It needs something to hold on to or it has stuck energy and it just sits in a stuck state and nothing happens. And when we are growing and working towards something, that's when we're happy. So if we haven't laid out a pathway, you know, a lot of people come to me and say, I'm at a crossroads in my life. I've got no direction, no clarity, no purpose. They're just existing. They're not happy. They're not confident. They don't have that beautiful inner glow, inner harmony. So when you've done the work and you know you can allow yourself to have some hopes, some dreams, some goals, and you build a nice strategy, you know, we make some decisions, we make some commitments. You know what you have to do every day when you get out of bed. You know, it becomes simple. Mm. Can we talk a little bit about burnout? Because I think that that's something that not only people can relate to, but I think right now it's 
it's especially important um, to discuss because, I mean, first of all, really what is burnout and what are the signs that we're in that mm. space? About to reach it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burnout is real. There's mental burnout, there's physical burnout and there's emotional burnout. And it is this constant emptying of the water can and we just don't fill it up. We don't do any conscious refueling. So people are really burnt out this year, especially in Melbourne, because we haven't had a day off. Every single day we've been gripped with fear, with breaking news. Every day there's a new conference and press conference and new rules. And I think people are really emotionally burnt out this year. Um, I know my husband's a CEO, totally burnt out from leading a team week by week by week, no no breaks. Um, so you have to consciously refuel. You have to consciously disconnect in order to refuel. It's a little bit like we've put the oxygen mask on in the plane to help to help everybody, but we forgot to fill the tank. Mm. So it's really important for people to to, um, connect with themselves, to recognise, to be aware of what's happening in their body and in their mind and emotionally. You know, you just start crying at the drop of a hat or, um, you know, the kids have left the house and you think, I've got all this time, and you sit there paralysed, you don't know what to do. You're burnt out. You're actually burnt out. So it's about being kind to yourself. Um, there's something called surge capacity. I don't know if you've heard of it. They talk about it in hospitals. So when there's a temporary disaster, we can quickly pivot, we can change, we can adapt, we can do more, we can work harder, but it's only supposed to be temporary. Yeah, can't do it and for what's months. happened is <laughs> this temporary surge has just happened for since March. So we're not designed to do that. Mm. So we've crashed. A lot of people have just emotionally crashed. It's interesting that you say we haven't had a break because people have been working from home, so it feels like they haven't been at work, but they've actually been working right through and they haven't had those weekends away or a week off here and there or a trip to Queensland. They haven't had any of that. It's just been this, like, <laughs> groundhog <Constant>. day. <laughs> it's true, but I also, you know, in what you're saying in having time out or spending time doing what you need to do to fill yourself up, even that's been difficult, Mm, I feel, because where do you go to do that right now? How do you, you know, and I don't know about, you know, everybody has different ways of doing that. But for me, one way would be being social. Mm. And that's definitely something that, and, and having things to look forward to, being excited about the weekend or, you know, having those things, like you said, in the calendar and it's not even, we've discussed this before, it's yeah. not even taking the trip, it's the anticipation, yeah. knowing that it's coming. Um, yes. And so, you know, I think it's it's been particularly difficult because where do you go to do that? And even if you're like, I'm just going to sit and read a book and all of a sudden two <laughs> kids are sitting on top of you and they've found you and it's like, oh, my goodness. It, yeah. it really, I mean, I think things will obviously start to change now, but it's also going to take some transition, isn't it, yeah. for this period of time. Um for us to work out again, what do we do now? <laughs> and a lot of people have social anxiety now. Mm, so I do. the thought of going back to work is is quite overwhelming. The thought of going to a party is overwhelming. The thought of going to a gathering, we've, we've actually become very, very insular and very comfortable with that. So a lot of the people I've been talking to are, are quite afraid to go to functions again or back to work again because they're quite in their nice little comfort zone. Um, And it used to be great for them, 
before, but I think the gradual way that we will reintroduce ourselves back will be really important that it's gradual and it's not full on. Mm. But we haven't had the energy of people, um, Nat, as you were saying, that when we do see people in a coffee shop or we're sitting down in a, in a crowded coffee shop and having a coffee with a friend, there's so much energy in the room. Or if you go to a yoga class, mm. 20 people's energy coming into you and it's a shared collective um, refueling, basically. When you're at home doing yoga around all your chores, you are not refueling you are not getting that same result so because you haven't got human energy around you. So we've missed a lot of that human connection, which is what fills our oxygen tank at the end. Of the you know day. what, we do have human energy, but it's the kind that you're worried is going to burst through the door and ask something of you while you're trying to yeah, meditate. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> It's a different, different sort of different absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I think even like, you know, you know, when you, mom, and that happens often, right? But it's, it's totally amplified right now. It's like, I roll my eyes and my, my default is yes. It does not even like, yeah, yeah, sweetie. At least it doesn't start with an F, your response. Well, that's in here or I mouth that. I don't necessarily say that Oh, my kids have gotten used to that. But how many times do we? some really great gifts. You know, you've got to remember the gifts too. Like I have a 16-year-old and normally I would not see him and he's arguing us with why can't I drink like everybody else? Why can't I go to these big parties? You know, they want to get in your car and start driving. I've had a year's reprieve of worry yes. and arguments. So it's been really beautiful to have a, a year with him where he wasn't missing out on anything. So he became a really nice person. Uh, so, so now you really know. Now now you're like, now, mate, I know I know the true you now. So, I, but see, exactly. I, I also a little bit had, the, I mean, my kids are a bit younger, but what I was struggling with is that my children did become tiny assholes. And <laughs> so... <laughs> And so I was like, I need you to go to school because I know you're not a horrible person. And at least when you're at school, I know you're a good kid and I know you're being polite and you're using manners and you're remembering how to do that. And I think that's what you're talking about also for adults. I think adults have forgotten how to be nice people too. Yeah. So it's, it's it, you know, I think that this integration is really important. But I was very happy for the kids to go back for that reason. It's like, at least I know yeah. you're a nice person there. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not nice yeah. to me at home, you're a nice person there. So yeah. I'm good with that. That's hilarious. And the big and, much and better. coming back to the plans, when you do a 20-year plan or a 10-year plan, when you have that out, you actually see that this year is just a bump in the road. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's roadworks between Melbourne and Sydney, so it's going to take us longer. It's You actually have an incredible perspective to say it's just one year. Out of the 20 years, there's one year where things didn't go exactly how we wanted them, according to plan. The world wasn't open. Nature took a breath. The world took a breath. It's actually okay. And when you see it on your 20-year plan, you know, I've got all the boxes, you actually think it's it's okay. Take mm. a breath. Just I'm, take a breath with it. You I'm know? glad you said that, though, because I think for me it really did give me that pause to go, oh, okay, those things that I thought were important, maybe they're not, and I'll readjust. And that's okay because, like mm. you say, mm. Absolutely. We've got the next 20 years to take what we learnt this year and put them into action. Yeah, but we all need a plan. Everyone needs a life plan to say you're the business of you, you're the asset. So if you're the asset and you're the glue of the family, which mums usually are, the glue of the family, your tank has to be full. 
because mm. when we're not good, the whole family's not good. So when true. we're not good, our career is not good. So if you're the business and you're the asset, it's what are we doing to make sure that we have um, the hopes, the dreams, the goals, the pathway, and we can communicate that with the family and with our friends and peers and, and we can get the support and the cheerleaders that we need and the coaches that we need. You know, that's really important because we're driving the bus here. This is important that we have self-care up there. It's not selfish. It's, it's, it's self-management. It's self-leadership. And I think that when women really do put both hands on the wheel like that, we really do shine. fascinated with this idea that there are those people who just let life happen to them and they don't take control. What do you say to them? They don't come to me. (laughs) I know, but they might be listening now. They're They're usually not that ambitious or they're very comfortable in the comfort zone. So when you're really comfortable in the comfort zone, you're okay with mediocre. You're okay with average. You're okay with feeling average every day. You don't have a drive to feel great. You don't have a drive to um, be ambitious or have achievements. There's a lot of people that are really happy in their comfort zone. But when we grow and we're pushed outside our comfort zone, that's when we come to life. That's mm. when we flourish and we evolve. And, and you know, when you go and enter a fun run or you go with a group and do something, how you just feel so great to have done something different outside your comfort zone and be part of something bigger than yourself. And I think that for a lot of women, we are juggling so many things and we're tired mm. that The most important thing for me to be doing is making sure that I've got my map and I know I've thought it through and I know what's important. I know what the rules are. I know what my values are. It's easy for me to set boundaries, to say no to things and just to protect the asset, which is myself. Mm. So I know that this comes down to a degree and I've seen things that you've put out about structure and how important it is to have structure. Um, And it's interesting because I always feel like I fall short when it comes to structure. It's like, oh, I need to have this. I need to know. But I'm actually very creative and better when I don't have structure and just let it flow. I still in my head know what I want to do, but I get very overwhelmed by having to create structure. Um, Why is it that you feel it is so important? And then how does someone like, ah, how can someone like actually apply that when structure feels suffocating? It's a mindset because when you have structure, you can be more creative. So I do work with a lot of creatives and when we get the structure right and they fall in love with the structure, they feel free Mm. because nothing's playing here. It's like you're a tomato plant. If you think of it, it's always easy to talk as something else. If you're a tomato plant and every day you get a little sprinkle of fertiliser and then, you know, 10.30 every day the guy comes past with a watering can and gives you a little thing and then once a month you redo the ties and change the stakes and you build a nice fence around of boundaries for you, You, the the fruit will be incredible. But if we just do that occasionally and there isn't much structure and we put too much water on one day and then we haven't put it in the sun and you just won't get the same results. And the creative people actually feel more free to be more creative the the simpler we make their structure. But the structure is actually what holds them up. It's the roots. It's it's what those important elements, the rhythm and the ritual, which is what human beings need. We need rhythm and ritual in order to thrive. 
And when we have that through basic structures, if I call them rhythm and ritual instead of structure, sounds a bit nicer. Yeah, but those nice. basic structures of how you start and how you finish your day are really important for you to feel in control so that you can let go and be creative and really, really free. I think also too, as a creative person, it can be overwhelming. The possibilities are overwhelming. So if you do put that structure around it, then you don't have to worry about the overwhelm. If you just say, okay, for the next hour I'm doing this, then you don't have to think about all the other things. That's the only way I can get through it. And even when I went to Los Angeles last year by myself, it was a big thing for me, don't go anywhere by myself, and I went to Los Angeles. And then I thought, I've got two days that I can do anything. So the night before I plotted it out, you know, I'll catch this taxi to here and I'll do this for this long and then I'll go here. And it meant that I really enjoyed it because I didn't have to worry about what am I going to do now? How much time have I got? Should I leave here? Like I'd plotted it all out in my mind and I could just enjoy it. Love that. Perfect. It's like that road trip. If you know you're driving from Melbourne to Sydney to Queensland, if you already know that and you sort of got the structure of when you're going to stop and, you know, what nights you'll spend overnight somewhere, you can love the drive and you can look at the scenery and you've got all that worry is taken away. It's because all the basics have been thought through and they're just locked away and you've got the accommodation booked. If you if you treat your life like that, then we can be alive. We can live awake. We can look out the window. We can be mindful. We can be open to more opportunity because we feel really supported with the structure that we've created. Mm. Mm, absolutely. So, what would you say is the number one thing that most of us actually do lack or the, the most common thing people, have we covered it or is there something that we're missing? Um, I think most people don't know their own set of values. They probably know the values for the company that they work for, but they don't know their own code of conduct. Mm-hmm. So if I know that my mental and emotional and physical health is number one and that's the boss, Every day, what have I done towards that? I've got something to do, something to achieve, something to work towards. Um, I think that most people just lack some of those basic fundamental things that we're never taught at school. Mm. You're not taught at school about values. You're not taught at school about mapping out the next five years, you know, until you get to year 10 and they put all the pressure on you. But <laughs> What do you want to do with your life? Decide now. What are you going to do with your life? That was a fun, that was a fun phase, wasn't it? That was fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I think, you know, once you hit 30, I think you do need to do planning. You need a financial plan so that you can feel freedom and have choices because you really committed to something in your late 20s and early 30s that allowed, allowed you to have freedom in your 50s. So I think that reverse engineering of your 20-year-old self and how you want to feel in 20 years' time, there's no point taking up yoga at 70. Take it up now at 50. Yeah. Imagine if you do yoga for the next 20 years, what kind of 70-year-old you'll be. Or if you want some really great hobbies like painting, imagine if you don't wait till you're 80 to start painting, paint now. You know, so I think when you allow yourself to put some ages down of 20 years ahead, I think you really allow yourself to start some things now with a purpose. I love the idea too. And I think for most Victorians in 2020, they've had to, they've been forced to actually uh, work out what it's like to work at something bit by bit. You know, the amount of people that were like, stop the lockdown, blah, blah, blah. But it was a long-term strategy. It wasn't going to work over a week. It was going to take time. And a lot of people just were really uncomfortable with the idea that something 
would be good at the end of it or there would be an outcome that was the aim, but it was going to take time. It's like savings, you know. If someone mm-hmm. says to you, start saving money, and you go, but I've just put $15 in the bank. It's a bit sad. But, yeah, okay, you put $15 a week away and all of a sudden in a year you've got something that looks good, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's- and, and when you've got your plan, then, you know, if I do that daily, if I want great teeth in 20 years' time, mm. I need to brush my teeth twice a day and floss. <laughs> Right. So, so look (laughs) at what you want and then reverse engineer. If you want freedom and being able to travel, then, you know, bring that back and and work out how you're going to make that happen, what you need to do today. One question, because you're saying how important it is to have or work out what these values are. Is there a a hack to work out? What happens if you don't even know what your values are? Yeah, that's true. Well, it's in my book. Right. That was my next question was, um, (laughs) why did you write the book? Um, And yes, your beautiful book, The Life Plan, which I actually have here. Thank you so much for sending that. But um, Okay, well, I guess it's not an easy answer. We have There's a process, is there, to so work that out? So there's a process. So there's about, you know, the, the top 26 values are in there and it's a process of elimination. Right. You know, and you, you come down to your top 10 and then your top five and then you really sit with them and you really think about what is the most important thing to me, not to society or anybody else, but to me. Mm. What do I really value the most? And then with your personality traits and what's happened to you in life and and work out your three and then put them up and sit with them for a long time and stare at them every day and and, and become friends with them, I think. Hmm. Um, and your other question was, why did I write the book? And I wrote the book because I was in sport management for a long time and I watched what happened to athletes when they finished their career. Mm. So we've just had the, the grand final. And what happens when these players finish through injury or anything like that is they haven't got a plan B. Mm. And if you don't have a plan, I saw the darker side of sport. And this is 20 years ago when people didn't care about athletes or actors or, you know, men going into retirement or women giving birth and their life changes. Um, Nobody had a plan B. So I saw the suicide, I saw the depression, the gambling, the alcoholism, and I started coaching athletes into retirement. What's your plan B? So it's exciting. Not at the end of your career, but let's start building the little bricks at the beginning of your career, building the network, going to the functions and meeting the business people that might support you when you get injured, um, having a financial plan, you know, maybe some study, maybe investing in some businesses so that they had something to go to at the end. They weren't just completely cut off and going from hero to zero overnight. Mm. Um, So I really studied life coaching for that 20 years ago when no one heard of a life coach and everyone told me I was an idiot. (laughs) Why would you leave your beautiful Jerry Maguire job to go and be a life coach? But I was so passionate about saving people because they hadn't done the planning. And then it really translated into the corporate world and then to to the public it was like, we never taught this. Yeah. Why are we not taught this? So now I work with a lot of executives um, and a lot of mums who who really just thought I could have a baby and just be the same. And, and a lot of times that doesn't work. So we do a new plan and plan B and a plan C. Mm, yeah. Excellent. I think too it's marvellous when you can just look at something that everyone's got a life, everyone's got a future of some sort. But, of course, yeah. like you say, if you're not taught to... Uh, take a step back and have a look at that and be bold enough to say, I want to do X, Y, Z and that's okay. Mm. Um, it, it seems obvious. but it I think a lot of people don't give themselves permission. Mm. 
especially mums, they don't give themselves permission to allow themselves to have some dreams and some hopes and some goals. They, they, they need someone to help them and give them permission. And then the excitement comes and like, oh, well, I've always wanted that little business and I've always wanted to collaborate with those people and do something there. And I've always wanted to study that. And when someone like me says, you've got permission, let's put it in a plan for you. Let's make it happen for you. It's phenomenal what we can create. Yeah. I always think too, I mean, you don't remember the things that you didn't do as much as the ones that you did do. No, exactly. That's my, well, <laughs> that's my theory. Hopefully, hopefully not. We're not focusing on that. That's for sure. No. Um, Shanna, I have just jumped on and worked out that your website is shannakennedy.com. So for anyone who wants to find out more information, they can definitely head there. And also I'm assuming that uh, the life plan, your book is available in bookstores as well. Yes, it is. Um, It's really beautiful. You can just go online. I I did, I wanted a Donna Hay style cookbook with life skills. So um, that's why it's very pictorial. And I wanted it to be on coffee tables. I didn't want it to be on the shelf. So it was photographed by a wonderful Melbourne photographer, Sharon Cairns. And we we photographed every page just for that page. So it took us a very long time. Yeah, that would take a very Um, long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And on my website, shannakennedy.com, there's a lot of free downloads free vision board kits, free screensavers, all that I did um, at the start of COVID just to help people and give people that inspiration during this incredible year that we've had. Excellent. And then beyond that, now now coming and resurfacing again is a good time to go and Mm. start to implement what's next. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Before we go... I guess what I found. You have to sit through a review. Sorry, I Shana. found a review. Go on. What do they say? Okay, so here we go. This is, yes, do subscribe to this from Mon from the South. Thanks, she Mon. says, it's informative. The team are terrifically interesting and a joy to listen to. Some banter without the babble, lots of real stuff, and the topics are relevant. Thank you, lovely superstars. Oh, thanks. And we also have our one of our first... Instagram yeah, I know. reviews. I we want more of these, yeah. definitely. We're at the Wellness Collective on Instagram. Well, mm-hmm. the Wellness Collective podcast on Instagram. It says, hi, lovelies, adore your podcast. Have been listening for ages now. Honestly makes my day when I see a new episode on Podcast One. I was talking to a checkout lady about you both recently and, oh, my God, anyone would think we were three best friends. <laughs> we are. <laughs> if I didn't yeah. scare her off with my enthusiasm, I think you might have a new listener. Oh, oh well, Take care, Melissa from Hobart. Go, Melissa. Thanks, Melissa. Melissa from Hobart. Spreading love it. The, spreading the love. Love it. Yeah, no, well, it's so, all about recommendations, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. We've got a few things uh, that we're getting uh, excited about here at the Wellness Collective mm. because we've been talking about doing another live yes. podcast, which yes. will most likely be live on Zoom. Oh, I know. It'd be <laughs> nice to see people actually in real life, but we'll get there. We'll get Next there. year, yes. hopefully, yes. we'll do one live in the flesh in the same room with a glass exactly, of bubbles. Exactly, but we are wanting to put that on your radar. If you yeah. see those pop up from time to time, yep. jump on board because yep. it's fun. Lots of laughs. And really, Cecilia, until next time, I think it's a good time to say goodbye. Yeah, um, are you going to go and do a plan? Maybe. I might need You're to, actually. You're a little actually. bit scared, aren't you? No. Like, oh, the structure. I'm not, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the structure. Exactly. Oh, well. Until next time, we hope that this episode has left you feeling happier. Healthier. And better. 